When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm interviewing Kelly Tobin from The Gathering Place, our most recent Patreon Pay It Forward. I am here today with Kelly Tobin. She is the business relations coordinator at The Gathering Place here in Denver. It was founded in 1986. It is the only daytime drop-in center that serves women, transgender, and their children that are struggling with poverty and homelessness. Their mission is that we are a community of safety and hope where positive relationships, choice, and essential resources transform lives. So I'm here today to talk with Kelly about homelessness, about poverty, about the need that's out there, and about what her organization, The Gathering Place, does to help lift people up. Thank you for being with me today, Kelly. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thanks, Nikki. Ah, Welcome, welcome, welcome. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this line of work first. How did you get all the way to here? Totally. So when I moved to Denver in 2019, which feels like a lifetime ago, um, I was really interested in finding a a role in an organization that fit my values and that I felt like was driving change and uh, making the Denver community a better place to be. Um, And so I initially started working at The Gathering Place as our program coordinator running our food pantry our clothing uh, boutique, and all of our in-kind donations. So it was some donor relations, some direct service. Um, And I I loved that position. I fell in love with the gathering place. Um, When I did my interview, I walked through the entire building and got to see what it looked like. And I was like, if I'm offered this job, this is it. Like, this is where I want to be. The building is just it's so different from what I expected. It's light, it's open, it's friendly. People are laughing. Um, Everyone knows each other's names. So it was just, that was it. And then I did that uh, position for about six months. And then in April, uh, a job on our development team opened up. And I realized that I love getting to talk to folks about the work we do, talking more about the gathering place and being out in the community. 
Um, and so I, I applied for that role and I've been here at this point almost a year. <laughs> yay, yay. So that makes me feel really warm because we chose the gathering place for our Patreon Pay It Forward. So listeners, uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but we give 10% of what our Patreon pulls in to support us supporting you in the work that we do. And we pay that forward. So it's a big old giant, it's going to make me cry <laughs> talking about it right now, but it's a big support fest. So the gathering place was our choice for our biggest donation this year. So as supporters of the show together as a group, we were able to give the gathering place over a thousand bucks to support the work that they're doing. Ooh. Let me compose myself. Huh. It hits my heart. Yeah. It hits my heart because I've been on the brink of homelessness and it's so hard to get help. And this year in 2020 or this past year has crushed so many people financially. I know that there are just tons and tons and tons of people that are driven into homelessness that didn't see it coming that are kind of scraping the bottom of their reserves to be able to make it by. So I love the gathering place because it's so practical. Can you tell our listeners about the real practical things? When you walked in that building and you decided that you wanted to be there, what were the programs that you were seeing in action? So it's, I, before I answer that, I just wanted to say so many folks um, are kind of at that point where they're saying, you know, I I do need help and I didn't expect it. Or, you know, I didn't realize how close I was to experiencing homelessness or poverty. Um, And it is just the difference between losing your job, especially right now with so many layoffs or reduced hours. Um, You know, folks have visited us for the first time. That's, That's common, unfortunately. And I think people have an idea of what homelessness looks like. And, and really, it could just be a phase in somebody's life. And it could be anyone just going through a harder time. And so we try to see the whole person. And when somebody comes in, meet them where they are. Um, and so when I walked in, I noticed that we had a welcome area. It's not like a check-in. It's not security. The doors are unlocked and open. Um, you come in and you say, hello. You know, I'm checking in for the day. And then the folks at the front desk will say, you know, welcome and ask if there's anything specific they wanted to get done. Um, So you can kind of direct folks where they need to go. I really loved how community focused it looked. Folks were just hanging out in the welcome area. And it's kind of currently it's set up a little bit different to promote social distancing. But when I first walked in, it was just kind of a a circle of chairs where people could chat, charge their phone, um, talk to each other. And then you walk through And we have a wellness area for physical and mental health. And it's so quiet. It's really calm. Um, People are there to kind of uh, relax and and try and figure out how to navigate different crisis situations. And I I really appreciated how trauma-informed that was. Um, We really make sure to incorporate trauma-informed care. And so the whole building is centered around people are going through pretty intense experiences. How can we make it really inviting? How can we make it comforting? Um, And so that area was beautiful. I also loved that when you walked on the first floor, we had a laundry room. We had a nap room. I never really thought about if you're staying outside or in a shelter, it's not going to be a great night of sleep. It's going to be loud. You kind of have to worry about like, where's my stuff? Where are the people I care about? 
So our nap room is just a space where you just need a couple hours of like really quiet, dark, calm space to sleep. Like that's an option as well. Um, so just the fact that the building is really open and airy, there are windows everywhere um, and the community takes care of it. Like people are really proud of the space that we have. And it's just a warmth that I, I wish I could take people on tours right now and show them the space physically. So that'll have to be something we do after COVID. It's truly beautiful. Well, I can't wait to come see it. I'll be on that list <laughs> as soon as you can do that again. Part of what really impressed me about your organization was that you highlight creativity. So not just this sense of community and soft place to fall. And that's such a big part of the work that I do with people on their childhood trauma is really cultivating a safe place to fall within themselves internally. And we need that externally in the world. So y'all providing that is such an important piece that I don't think we think about. You know, we think about the big sort of the, the big deals. Like we want to get somebody into housing when they're homeless, we, but it really is the stepping stones of these small things that add up to be able to create a sense of trust, a sense of security, a sense of self-worth that builds to be able to get someone to security and stability. And y'all work creativity into your programs. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So yeah, we kind of, we have programs ranging from meeting basic needs all the way up to those community focused uh, programs. And we know that when you're hungry or if you, you know, need to take a shower that you're just not going to be able to do some of those higher level community building activities, you're not going to be able to do housing applications because you're hungry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we try and meet those basic needs and then allow folks to make different choices. So if they're interested in applying for housing or if they're interested in doing arts programming or something like that, they have that choice and it's available. Um, And we also know that some folks are are not there yet. And so we try and meet everyone at different um, places. But for creativity, we have a beautiful arts room on the third floor um, and try and have a bunch of different mediums for folks to express themselves. Um, During the pandemic, we've had to temporarily suspend that programming um, because we just don't have the capacity to do social distancing. And uh, with things being communal, it doesn't feel super safe for the pandemic. Um, But we have things like fiber arts where you can knit and um, crochet and do things like that. We have a music group. And in One thing that I super miss having is on Fridays, uh, we would have somebody come in and play guitar and sing at lunch. Folks could join in and dance and clap along and sing along. Um, We'd have somebody come in and play piano. We have a a free library in our quiet room where folks can just grab books. And so we really try and say, like, how can we make this space accessible for everyone? And we have folks who will spend some time just sketching and drawing on the first floor um somebody one of my favorite memories um working at our welcome desk was it was towards the end of the day which is a little bit quieter uh and uh we call the folks who we serve um members we don't charge any fees for any of our services or programs but um the folks that come in are our members and so one member came up and was showing us her sketchbook and she was incredibly talented um and we were flipping through and a couple of staff were just like wow this this is amazing And then she came back like 15 minutes later and had drawn the staff who were working at the welcome desk. And so we have that hanging up. 
And it's just a space where I think people feel safe. They feel safe to explore their own needs. We have people who explore their gender identity because it, it doesn't feel safe outside of our space, but because we serve folks who are transgender or who are LGBTQ, people feel like they can express that a little bit more. There's a lot of creativity and kind of everything we do to try and facilitate like different solutions and uh, ways to come to the gathering place. Such a sanctuary that's celebrating humans and respecting them and knowing that that's an important ingredient in growing. So how have y'all been impacted since COVID? Do you have more donations and volunteers? Do you have less? How are you seeing need change? So it's been a, a weird year. So like I said, I started by running our food pantry and our clothing boutique. Um, and so I would manage those programs, but their day-to-day functions are run by volunteers. But when COVID hit back in March, a lot of my volunteers pulled back. Um, they didn't feel comfortable or safe doing so. Some were students and they were asked not to come back to campus after spring break. And so they weren't in Denver folks who were retired and didn't feel safe doing so. And so we had to quickly pivot pretty much all of our programming um, because a lot of it was volunteer run. And so things like our our food pantry is run a little bit differently. We're distributing bags um, instead of kind of having it be like a shopping style um, program. And then the city of Denver opened up a couple of auxiliary shelters at the Coliseum and the National Western Center this summer. Um, And so those were to help reduce crowding in overnight shelters. We're incredibly lucky. Our building is really big. It's three floors and a rooftop. So it's about 30,000 square feet. So it was really easy for us to space things out to social distance. But it's hard. You know, there are only so many shelters. And so to kind of help relieve some of that pressure, those auxiliary shelters were opened up. And the Gathering Place has been part of the Homeless Leadership Council who have been staffing different operations and helping coordinate that response. Um, And since August, we've been helping run daytime operations at um, a 24-7 kind of motel-style shelter. It's residential. And so folks have their own room, their own bathroom, their own space. Um, And then they can get all of their needs met that we can do at the gathering place, but on-site in that location. And that's been really, really helpful in getting folks into housing, getting folks connected to employment, because once again, they have that basic need met. They have consistent, safe shelter. They know where they're going to get their meals and they know where they're going to stay that night. And so they can start to worry about some of those higher level needs. That's the big thing. We've never operated out of two locations before. So that is a first for the gathering place since 1986. That's that's the big one. We were really lucky to see an outpouring of support, especially last year. With donations, um, we have an Amazon wish list that we hadn't had before, and people have been so generous there. Um, and there was a lot of COVID relief, though we do expect that in 2021, some of that COVID relief funding will have started to run out and folks won't be able to give as much. Um, and so right now, we feel really, really grateful for all of the support last year. Um, but 2021 will definitely still have that same level of need. Um, I think we're going to see the impacts of COVID hit this community for a lot longer than maybe for folks who are a little bit more fortunate, who didn't lose their job, who didn't lose housing. Uh, And so we expect that 2021 will be a little bit more difficult. Um, But also if there are folks in Denver who are interested in volunteering, we're always interested in having volunteers uh, because some folks haven't come back. They don't feel comfortable and we 
completely understand that. We've done a lot of testing on site and luckily had very, very few positive cases, but we understand everyone's comfort level is a little bit different. I'm sure this is a increasing issue all over the country, if not all over the world, after the impact of COVID. Other than volunteering, what do you suggest people do? If they're here in Denver, they can come to the gathering place, they can volunteer if they feel comfortable, they can donate. What Beyond that, what can people do in their own towns, in their own cities, kind of across the country? How do we be a community for people who are struggling? Absolutely. Um, so Denver is a wonderful place um, to kind of support folks experiencing homelessness and poverty. There are a lot of shelters, um, like I said, the Homeless Leadership Council has been really connecting all of the shelters in the city to coordinate a response. I imagine that's kind of what it's like across the U.S. There are folks who are going to be struggling, like you said, in every major city and rural areas. Um, and so a big thing is just being kind and extending some grace towards folks who are who are struggling and, um, you know, smiling at folks, asking them how their day is, volunteering. If you have the ability to donate, that's always incredibly helpful. Ask your shelters what they need. Um, there are things that you might not think of. So food is a really, really important item to donate right now. People are experiencing food insecurity at really high levels, but also things that you might not think of like new underwear, new socks, pads, things like that, that I think we just don't even think of needing, but those things make such a huge difference, like a clean pair of socks or clean underwear is so, so helpful. And so find out who is helping in your area and see if there's a way that you can get involved. Just for kind of where we are, our um, cupboard, which is our food pantry, was had 55% uh, more visits in 2020 over the same period in 2019. Wow. Uh, we distributed 63% more food than in 2019. Wow. Um, and we expect that number to keep growing. A lot of food pantries are out of community centers or churches or schools. And with those spaces being closed, there are just fewer places giving out food. And so find out what, what's happening in your town. Contact your elected officials and, and ask them, how are we supporting our neighbors in need? What is the eviction moratorium when it lifts? What is that going to look like? How can we support folks? How can we help Make sure people stay in their homes because keeping somebody in their home is so much more effective and helpful than trying to get somebody housed who's already lost their home. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that's incredibly important to us as well, especially this year. We're like, how can we support folks so they don't lose their housing? Yes. And I, I want to make sure that we spend a moment today sending the message out that if you need help, there are so many people who want to help you. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, especially in what's happened in politics and how nasty people have been, there can be such a sense of ick between humans right now that we just don't really need. And I don't think that's really the truth of things. You know, just like all of the listeners of this show, there are a lot of people with really big hearts who have also experienced needing other people to help lift them up. None of us get through life without help. So if you need help, it's as simple as just going to the gathering place here in Denver. Is it okay that we give the address out over the air? Absolutely. Yes. So we are located on High Street in Colfax. It's 
1535, that's 1535 North High Street in Denver, Colorado. It's in the City Park neighborhood. It's pretty much right on Colfax. And that location is, we're open Monday to Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, except for Tuesday when we close early at 1.30. Um, we serve three meals a day. So if you need food, we're also distributing food bags. Um, and really, if you aren't sure what you need, but you just need to talk to a case manager um, or our community access team or anything like that, we are happy to kind of help navigate some of the scary parts of just saying, you know, I need help. That's, it's really brave for somebody to come in and say, actually, I do need help because there is such a stigma associated with it, but really everyone needs help at some point in their lives. I've talked to a lot of our donors and so many folks donate to us and give back because they're like, you know what, you know, when I was in my twenties, thirties, forties, anything like that, I needed help. I was a single mom you know, I've experienced homelessness or, you know, I had to kind of couch surf for a little bit, or I had to escape a dangerous situation. I think it's more common than a lot of us know. And so there's, there's no shame in just asking for support and some folks just need it once. And some folks come back a few times, but we're always happy to have folks come in and reach out to us. It's so important and it's a wonderful place. And I'm so glad to have this community as well, the emotional badass community supporting our work. Yay. <laughs> I'm excited that we have this community too, because it, it is powerful, powerful, powerful to slip or not slip, but to give yourself the permission to go into help. And it's not just the practical things. It's not just if you're hungry. It's not just if you need clothing or shelter. Sometimes what we really need is a conversation, a listening ear with someone who is grounded and stable and not shaming or judgmental. And the power of that is really easy to miss sometimes because that's where most help starts. It's where it begins with a heart-centered conversation, with holding space for another human being. And that's what this audience does for me. It's going to make me cry. (laughs) They hold space for me to have really important healing conversations and to try to spread that. And so that's what we're doing as emotional badasses on this planet, as individuals and together. So thank you for the work that you do at The Gathering Place. Thank you, Gathering Place, for the work that you do for our community. And thank you to all the people that volunteer, that give your money, that do the work, that put their energy, not not just the social media posting, but actually put your energy behind being the change that we want to see in the world. Thank you so much, Nikki. I'm just so grateful to be able to represent the gathering place and talk about our work. It's been it's been a difficult year for everyone, but really seeing how much people in Denver especially have just shown up and stepped up to support our work is really heartening. And I just want to say our staff are are really incredible. They're frontline workers. We haven't closed at all during COVID and they've just shown up day in and day out to support the folks that are, um, you know, most vulnerable in this community, and also the folks that we serve are just truly incredible. And I think that that gets overlooked sometimes with, you know, service language. But really, they are. We're all having a difficult year, but folks who need, you know, support with housing or who need to meet, you know, those basic needs like food and shelter, 
they're doing so much and going through so much. And so it's just really heartening to hear that folks care and want to support them and see them. I think we all need to be seen. And so I just really appreciate this time. I appreciate the time you've given me too. Thank you so, so much. Light and love. And if you'd like to donate to The Gathering Place, find them at... So we are at tgpdenver.org. You can also look up The Gathering Place Denver. um, And we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Thank you so, so much. Light and love. And I'm an emotional badass. You, Kelly, are an emotional badass. Everyone at The Gathering Place... And the listeners of our show, we're all emotional badasses. Together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. I'll see you here next time. Light and love. Bye-bye. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.